Welcome to St. James Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast features edited highlights from our online Zoom service held on Easter Sunday, April the 4th, 2021. To join us online or for more information, please go to stjamesleith.org.uk. for that before we say it in the service uh, everybody let's say together christ is risen he is, he is risen, risen indeed. indeed hallelujah and let's put our microphones on and try that one more time christ, christ is, is risen, risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed hallelujah and just before we start our service i would just uh, like to tell you that there was a tweet from a bishop this morning um, a little story, adult to a group of children. What do you think Jesus was doing between Good Friday and Easter Sunday? A child speaks up after a long pause. I think he was looking for his friend Judas. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that quite wonderful? And thank you to the children who are going to be taking part in our service this morning as well. So... Let's just have a few moments of quiet as we begin the service. Welcome. Welcome to our party, friend and stranger. Welcome. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Together. This morning, when it was dark, we went to the tomb and we saw that the heavy stone had been rolled away. This morning, when we went to the tomb, we saw that the grave clothes had been folded and it was empty. This morning, we bring good news. Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, has risen from the dead. And all together, this And a few moments quiet as we come before God and search our hearts and listen to his message of love and forgiveness to each one of us. God, your light has flooded the world. But we have turned away, preferring darkness. God, you have lifted up your son that we might be forgiven. But we have turned away, preferring self above all else. God, you have offered us eternal life. But we have turned away, preferring earthly pleasure. Forgive us. We do not turn away any longer. We lift our faces to seek your light. We lift our eyes to see your Son. We lift our hearts to live in you forever. Amen. Gloria, gloria, gloria. Glory be to God on high. 
and on earth peace to the people in whom God is well pleased. And on earth peace to the people in whom God is well pleased. Gloria, 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 glory be to God on high. Gloria, 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 glory be to God on high. And on earth peace to the people in whom God is well pleased, and on earth peace to the people in whom God is well pleased. So the Gospel for Easter Day is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 to 18. Glory to Christ our Saviour. Well, early on the first day of the week, when it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said to them, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went towards the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who'd reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw <coughs> and believed. For as yet they didn't understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they've taken away my Lord and I don't know where they've laid him. When she said this, she turned round and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I'll take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, don't hold on to me because I've not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the, to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. And she told them he had said these things to her. Give thanks to God for his glorious gospel. Praise to Christ our Lord. Great. Well, I'm preaching with a Zoom background. Amazing what you can do with Zoom. 
But I have to say, Pete Brown, I draw the line at rabbit ears. <laughs> it's lovely to be with you this morning. Let me try and get my thoughts together here. Uh, so, yeah, I wondered if you'd put your microphones on just again, just for the, our Easter acclamation one more time. And Jesus is risen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With extras. Uh, uh, but of course, for those disciples arriving at the tomb, this was not their reaction. First Mary Magdalene and other women, and then John and Simon Peter rushed there, and all they found was an empty tomb. And it was not comforting. There was nothing there to vindicate their allegiance and devotion to the rabbi, the healer, the revolutionary whom they had followed. There was nothing there to validate their belief in the Messiah. There was nothing there to assuage their grief in losing a teacher that they had loved. But there was everything to dismay and alarm them. And this is portrayed most acutely in John's account and most pointedly in the anguish of Mary Magdalene. Twice she exclaims, weeping, they have taken the Lord and we don't know where. She only wanted to treat the body of her beloved rabbi with the respect it deserved. Tell me where you have laid him, she pleads with the figure she supposed to be the gardener, and I will take him away. Her goal was simple. Find the body and get on with grieving. Peter and John responding to Mary's first visit also came to check out this appalling development because most of them, the women and the men, had witnessed the sadistic execution of Jesus. And most of them had gone to ground for fear of being arrested themselves. And now, and now this, too much, too much to bear, like another lockdown crashing in, like death upon COVID death, isolated, grieving, souls are battered, hope is crushed, faith is challenged. What else can possibly go wrong? So Simon, Peter, and John, they arrive at the, at the tomb and they see the body wrappings left behind in, in, in such an enigmatic way and they believe not right away in the resurrection. They believe in the report of the women of the empty tomb. And it would take later appearances of Jesus to convince them that he was in fact now alive. Mary, on the other hand, Mary had her faith upgrade right there at the tomb, of course. She, the, the first disciple, the first person, witnessed the first resurrection appearance. And as an aside, I'd, I'd note that if 
If you were trying to 30 to 60 years after the death of Jesus, if you were a bunch of Christians attempting to make up an account that you now need to proclaim that Jesus uh, rose from the dead, uh, it has been suggested that making uh, one of the key witnesses a woman was entirely the wrong way to do it. And I do want to consider for a moment the singular truth of the resurrection, not as an article of faith, not as a, a, a Jungian myth or some kind of enduring metaphor or a collective delusion, but as an event that happened in the past. There has been a a small tweet storm this weekend. Uh, Professor Alice Roberts of Birmingham University, um, an anthropologist, president of the Humanists UK, she tweeted on Friday, just a little reminder today, dead men don't come back to life. Uh, well, my point, and it is not tweet-sized, but I won't be long, is that it is indeed absolutely true in human experience. Dead men don't rise. And that it was pretty much well accepted in the first century AD as it is in the 21st century. But that is exactly what makes the resurrection a stunning, gobsmacking, head-slapping, philosophically explosive, religiously groundbreaking, existentially revolutionary event like no other in recorded history. Because to, to rule out the possibility of something by science that's inexplicable by science misses the way that science operates these days. And to rule out something as inadmissible in philosophy misses that philosophy has moved on in its concept of what we can say we know and don't know. Neither science nor philosophy can pronounce on this event. We are forced to contend with historical evidence. And for the truth of this event, we must depend on three strongly corroborated events. An empty tomb, multiple appearances to reliable witnesses, and the rapid growth of a movement that had no reason to survive otherwise. If it really happened, if his guarded tomb was empty, if a dead man was given a new body that, that was, we don't, we don't know how, the same yet different, N.T. Wright called it a transphysical body. If he was seen by and interacted with numerous people, both followers and in the case of St. Paul, an enemy. And if his followers have been inspired over the ages to extraordinary dedication and service and martyrdom, then a, a neutral meh response seems seems very difficult. And so for, for professing Christians, if it happened, it challenges the same old, same old religion as usual when operated with minimal differences to be seen between 
us and our surrounding society. If it really happened, then are we not something like people waiting to board a, a train only to find it's coming through the station without stopping? Or like those arranging deck chairs on the deck of the Titanic? Or like someone who's told lockdown is completely ended but who prefers to stay shut away indoors where it's safe? If it really happened, then ordinary life, you know, the one without miracles, no supernatural events, ordinary life where good sense and social respect hold generally, ordinary life where flowers bloom and strangers smile at each other occasionally, even ordinary life is catapulted into a different dimension, a dimension or a framework or a lived experience uh, where the love of God is, in the words of Gerard Manley Hopkins, shining like shook foil, shining like shook foil. A world where faith and hope and love are fueled and or charged or grown or nurtured by the fact of the resurrection. If because of the resurrection we open our scientific, rigid, hard-as-nails mindset, even a tiny crack. And we may find that the light that gets in is in the warmth of God's loving and penetrating gaze, in the light of which we find we cannot be the same. Well, eventually, Mary recognizes Jesus. It was in the saying of her name, Mary. And in her relief and, and, and joy, she, she seems to have him embraced or hugged or held him in some way. Her powerful emotion, her need to assuage her grief was, was satisfied and yet frustrated. He tells her, do not hold on to me. You have to let me go. More important than consolation she was told to go and announce to the others, I have seen the Lord. And this announcement, evidently dismissed by some, accepted by others, but was arguably the, the spark that ignited a glimmer of hope in the rest. Hope that was fanned into flame by the appearances of Jesus and faith that was spread by the wind of the Spirit so that over 2,000 years and billions of followers and over 70 million martyrs later, Christians are still saying to one another, Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. He was dead, but now he is alive. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord and death has been robbed of the core of its fear. I have seen the Lord, and my guilt and shame was taken by the cross. They say, I have seen the Lord, and I know there is victory in this battle, an end to this travail, a way beyond this valley of tears. I have seen the Lord, and he knows my name. I have seen the Lord, and I believe, and he helps me with my unbelief. I have seen the Lord, 
and he will lead me on. He will lead us on. For the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. So we come to our prayers. At various points during the prayer, I will say, and the people of God cried, please reply with an Alleluia. And the people of God cried, Alleluia. This is the day the Lord has made. This is the day that Jesus has risen. For the light of this new day, for the dawning of new possibilities, for the springing up of new life all around us, we thank you, God. And the people of God cried, Hallelujah. This is the day that confounded the grieving and promised hope beyond all understanding. This year has confounded us all. Many worlds have been turned upside down. Many are grieving. Many are sore-hearted. Many are struggling. Mm -hmm. Many live fearfully of unexpected and unknown futures. Yet on this day, we celebrate the most unexpected happening. A stone was rolled away. Light streamed into a dark tomb. A dead man rose. Death was defeated. Love triumphed. Triune God, we ask that your unexpected light seep now into those who feel entombed, into those we know who are hurting, struggling, stumbling, lonely, and grieving today. Now in the silence, let us bring them before the God who is love and light. And the people of God cried, Alleluia. Alleluia. This is the day we are mindful that the light of Christ can come even into the darkest and most hellish of places. So on this Easter morn, we bring before you the darkest corners and situations of our world that need your light. Myanmar, Yemen, Washington DC, Taiwan, and in the silence, other places that come to mind that need the light. And the people of God cried, Alleluia. This is the day that Christ first revealed his risen self to those around him. Dumbfounding expectations, later joining them on walks, sharing meals, bringing peace, 
bringing reassurance to the doubters, to the fearful, bringing life beyond death. And the people of God cried, Hallelujah. So as we gather here today, from many places, however we are, however we are feeling this Easter morning, may God's light and love break through into each of our houses, into each of our lives, into those we walk with, into those we love, into those we struggle to love. May God's light and love break through. May God's light and love break through and shine in your church today and into our wonderful and varied, your wonderful and varied people and into the gift of this beautiful world that you have given us. For the light has overcome the darkness. It will never go out. He has risen. And the people of God cried, Alleluia. Alleluia. And the people of God cried, Alleluia. Alleluia. Amen. Lord God, as we come to share the richness of your table, we cannot forget the rawness of the earth. We cannot take bread and forget those who are hungry. Your world is one world and we are stewards of its nourishment. Lord, put our prosperity at the service of the poor. We cannot drink and forget those who are thirsty. The ground and the rootless, the earth and its weary people cry out for justice. Lord, put our fullness at the service of the empty. We cannot hear your words of peace and forget our world in crisis and all those who are struggling, afraid and grieving. Show us quickly, Lord, how to reach out in love and compassion to our neighbour near and far. As it's a special Sunday, we're going to use our St James setting of the Lord's Prayer, which is a sung version. So if you remember it from times before, please join in and, and if not, um, hopefully a musical setting will freshen the words for, for all of us.
Lord Jesus Christ, gathered in your name, we bind ourselves to you and to each other in the tasting of food and drink, symbols of nourishment and sharing. And as we break bread, as you did with your friends, help us to recognise you in all people, places and situations. Amen. For our sharing this morning, we uh, got together last weekend and um, a few of us sang together, which was a wonderful privilege and we thought it would be nice to hear some St James voices singing together on Easter Sunday. So this is a Tezi chant, Sorexit Christus. It's very short and simple, so I'm sure you'll be able to join in if you've not heard it before. Gracious God, whose mercy endures forever, on our heads and on our houses, the blessing, blessing of God. God, in our coming and going, the, the peace, peace of God. God, in our life and believing, the love, the love of, of the Lord. Lord. God, at our end and new beginning, the Amen. 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 Amen.